Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Raptors Legion podcast, where we're going to talk all things NBA, all things basketball, and most importantly, all things Raptors. Whether you're a podcast lover, an NBA fan, a diehard Raptors fan, or just a hooper or basketball lover, this is the place for you. So hop on this conversation with us. All right, let's get to it. Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Raptors Legion podcast. I'm TK, and if you didn't hear the intro, I got my boy Cole with me right here. Cole, how are you doing today, my guy? I'm doing pretty great. You know, we got a... I'm a happy Raptors fan today, and uh, we got some exciting news about our podcast. Yeah, we definitely do. So everybody, we like to announce that our podcast, first of all, is available on almost every single platform, multiple platforms. You can watch us now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Republic. So, pretty much no matter everything. what you are using, yeah, no matter what we are using, you are able to get a little bit uh, of our podcast. And today is also our YouTube debut. So, to all the people that like to watch on YouTube, welcome to the Raptors Legion podcast. We are happy to have you. We just like to say to leave a like, comment, subscribe. You know, just you know, follow our channel. And whether you're watching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also make sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. So getting into today's episode, episode number two, we're talking about the Raptors and their progress. The Raptors have played a decent amount of games since the last time we talked, and there's been a decent turnaround. And honestly, I say we could have won almost every single one of those games, but we're going to get into that. So today's episode, the Raptors are starting to remember their identity, and that is just awesome to hear. Uh, the Raptors have went three and two within the last five games and yeah we're gonna get into each and every individual game just going about you know the records and we're just gonna talk about what we felt was awesome about those games and what we can improve on but just seeing improvement in general just great compared to what we were doing uh last week or the last couple weeks when you look at when you look at the first game we're going to talk about here the the win against the kings that was a 21 point win that was a pretty exciting game to watch, especially coming off two losses there to the Celtics and to the Suns, which were exactly yeah we got pretty much handled in those two games. But it was exciting to see. And then, you know, we saw two back to back losses there, the Warriors and the Trailblazers, both one point losses. I know you have some strong opinions there, TK, about um, <laughs> about Pascal's performances in those, but we can get a little bit into that uh, if you feel like it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so first getting into it, the Kings was a good, good, solid win. It was consistently just raining threes all game long. Uh, I say a good team effort in that one. Uh, Pretty much everyone I'm, got I'm involved. Not, <laughs> yeah, everybody got involved. It was really, yeah, the whole team effort, and it was just good to see the team really be cohesive. Uh, I'm not trying to, like, knock on the Raptors at all. You know, there are boys, but I always, whenever I talk about something good, I got a little bit of criticism as well. And the Raptors won by 21 points, but it was, like, by halftime, the Raptors decided that they were only going to win by offense. You know, there wasn't really a lot of defense that game. No, especially when you look at the score, 144 to 123. Not many teams exactly. score 123 points in a game and end up losing. Exactly. You look at the exactly. fourth quarter alone, or the third quarter alone, my my bad. We we outscored them 40 to 29. Yeah, I was going to say, that's where the tide really changed. Uh, it was really just back and forth the whole game. We made it to over 100 points by the third quarter. But by the time we hit the fourth quarter, we just took off and just couldn't stop scoring. And uh, the Sacramento Kings just couldn't keep up. So it was a good game to watch, but uh, it was... I'm going to point out yeah. there, that game, uh, 
that game was obviously led by Fred Van Vliet. This guy poured in five threes, had 34 points. But um, I think we saw a little bit of an emergence of the confidence of Norman Powell and Chris Boucher in those games as well. They both had 20-point outings, hit multiple threes. Um, but where was, I don't know, do you like that Pascal Siakam where he's, you know, not one of the top scorers, but he almost has a triple-double? Or do you prefer to see Pascal taking the bulk of the scoring load? I mean, Pascal played pretty well, I'd say. I, I enjoyed the way that he played that game. You know, if everyone's playing well, I don't need Pascal to be, you know, dropping us 30 points out. His 30 points a game would be nice if he could do that. But, you know, if he's not doing that all the time, cool. I mean, it's not the end of the world. We got the dub. You know, and at this point, I feel like all us Raptors fans care about is winning. You know, we'll deal with everybody getting back to, you know, their standard of play later. But for right now, you know, we just want to win. And that's what I saw out of that game. Yeah. And one thing I will uh, credit Pascal for was his rebound numbers the past few games. You know, he had that strong performance versus Sacramento. And then, you know, against Golden State, he had 11 boards. Um, he had that triple-double against Portland there. And then the past two games versus, uh, versus Charlotte, you know, seven rebounds and five rebounds. Maybe not as good as we've been seeing in the past. But I think the difference is there, when I, although we didn't win uh, two of those games when Pascal gets a lot more boards the team looks a lot more comfortable you know because yeah. uh that's one thing that we've talked about in the last episode that the Raptors don't rebound very well so exactly was, I was happy to see that personally Pascal grabbing a few more boards I mean if he's not going to score sometimes and as much as that hurts us if he's grabbing us boards you know what I'll be happy because we need boards so yeah I'm happy about that uh, moving on to the Warriors and Blazers, I'm going to kind of group these two together because we lost both of these games by one really close games. And unfortunately, we lost kind of in the exact same situation. Pascal had a chance to win both of these games. The Warriors get the Warrior game. Sorry, it was a poor shot. Um, I'm getting that right away. Right away. Sorry. Uh, Pascal dribbled watching, up. Watching that game, really, I don't really understand what the the play was intended to do there you know we had pascal studying at over half court and usually when you see someone attack downhill like that you see them try to get right to the basket you know we're only down by one so he gets fouled makes one free throw we're going to overtime you know instead we saw like he kind of got a little bit of resistance and just turned around and took that weird spin one-footed jump shot which yeah personally i was very disappointed in that like i thought we could have got a lot more play options out of that like we could have oh, gave 100%. freddy the ball 100%. we could have gave og the ball like i was very yeah we, there was ball. time on that play and that's that's what kind of makes me you know like not enjoy those last possession you know opportunity make it or yeah make it or lose it opportunities it's just because like if you have a time to run a possession run a motion why not run one why iso it even if it's like run it for your guy run a motion for siakam to get him in the best possible position not pass the ball to siakam and let him do a spin dribble um shot now now addressing that quickly this first loss kyle Lowry did come out after the game and he did say that he kind of put that on himself it looks like kyle also did not like the look that he gave because he didn't really give siakam a good look or whether or not he was looking for someone else but then dick nurse also came out after the game and said we got the look that we wanted it almost fell which it did almost fall it went in and out but i still don't think that was a good shot to take i don't um, think that's a look you're looking for exactly yeah that's not like out of all the looks you could have got was that really the best look or the best shot you could have taken to win that game no. i don't think so um similarly so, to yeah. that we saw portland 
very similar situation there. Although I will credit Pascal, the guy had a triple double, very gutsy performance from him. We also saw Chris Boucher have a very great performance, you know, 20 points, seven rebounds, three blocks, and five threes off the bench. Seven to 12 shooting and getting 20 points is that's pretty impressive, especially off the bench. That's amazing. So, uh, but again, we saw the same thing. You know, the game was pretty close. Uh, we we kind of came out in the first quarter strong, lost it in the second, and it was pretty even down until the fourth quarter when Portland outscored yeah. us by uh, by eleven there. But again, we saw the same thing. Late game situation. We have the ball, and Pascal Siakam can't um, can't come up with that. So now. He, now. He, Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good, bro. It's all good. Uh, yeah, that shot I'm not as upset about. The second one, Pascal at least got it in a better position. He's a power forward. Got him on the low block and went for the bucket. More things probably could have happened. You know, again, he was just dribbling for a solid. I forget how much time we had left, but it felt like at least like four to five seconds of dribbling, trying to get into the best position possible when I feel like more things could have been happening. But it was a better shot. And that one also literally went in and out. So that one was unlucky. That one was just about makeable. So that one I'm not as upset about. But then again, it comes to again, you know, are you a closer? Are you not a closer? So so, so yeah, go I'm going to say personally, the, the first game was poor play calling. That was, yeah. I'm going to blame that one on Nick Nurse, Kyle Lowry, 100%. who was inbounding the ball. Someone else other than Pascal. You know, Pascal wasn't set up to succeed in that opportunity there. But exactly. I think... The Raptors did show that we improved. They improved on their play calling for late game situations there, and that one was just Pascal didn't have it. Some guys have it, some guys don't in the late game situations. And I guess you know we've seen him many times hit game winners, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's something about this season. Maybe it's just you know you miss some, you you make some. But and I mean Siakam's also still starting to get back into his groove, um, getting into like the next two games, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, won both by three. Also, really close games. Strangely, really close games. But we won well, both of those as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You see, we've seen them a decent amount of times preseason and now. Um, but hey, we're getting all the wins, so that's what matters. But you know, he's getting back into his groove. Um, like you said, some guys have it, some guys don't. Uh, if it was a different player in that same situation of Pascal against the Warriors, then if they got put in that bad situation, if you're just an elite player right an elite shooter one of the superstars in our league he probably still would have made that shot but Siakam's not really there yet he's just about our all-star level sorry once he gets to you know his top playing capabilities his ceiling, which he's yeah. still yeah his ceiling which he's still getting to now um so you know again yeah we don't blame Pascal on that uh it's tough to look at but you know there was a lot of there's a lot of limelight a lot of limelight within that five game stretch and it was just good to see because even though they lost those games by one, we are starting to see the old Raptors again. They are starting to remember their identity, which made them so good in the first place. And I so, think I think one main yeah. key contributor to that is we're seeing a bench mob perform again. You know, like we're seeing the emergence of Boucher. Uh, Stanley Johnson has had some really solid minutes. Malachi Flynn's seen the floor a lot more. And Norman Powell, Norman Powell uh, last night versus the Hornets was amazing. But amazing. We're, we're seeing him a few games now get into double digits, find his shooting stroke early. And, you know, that's one thing with Norman. I, I, I see it a lot. Like he hits a few shots early and he's locked in for the game. He misses a few shots. He's probably not. He's not one of those guys that turns it around in the middle of the game very often. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good to see see Norman coming back. You know, he's probably one of the most expendable players on our roster just because of how streaky he is. But, you know, he still is a good player. He still 
can perform. It's just about can he be consistent, which we're still maybe hoping he can, getting a little bit older up there in age. But, I mean, still in his 20s, 27, 28, I kind of forget already. But, you know, he he's still, I guess, like what you would say, like right around the prime, right after prime. He still has time. Um, so, you know, yeah, don't don't forget about them. But like you said, I'm agree with all that. Stanley Johnson showing some good glimpses, giving a couple minutes, but giving solid minutes, which is good to see. Norm Malachi again, getting a little bit more playing time, sh- looking a little bit more comfortable on the floor, being that floor general. Still, you know, a little bit shaky. He's not going all crazy and stuff. But I mean, he's a rookie. He's not one of the top rookies. But, you know, definitely glimpse of like, yeah, this guy can be a solid player in the future maybe even an all-star guard, who knows. And I'd like to give a little bit of praise to uh, Utah Watanabe. Uh, I think I gave him a little bit of a criticism in the first episode. I'm still going to give that to him because I still don't really know why he's playing. But at the same time, I kind of do see it. He's a longer, small forward, powerful. Very defensively. Really quick defensively. Had a little bit of mislaps, I would say. Had slipped up a couple times from what I've seen while watching these games. But he's been solid. I understand why Nick's sticking with him. He's just trying to have that defense there first. Utah's also hit like a couple threes here and there. Again, not crazy stats. Like literally it's like coming on, getting an assist, two rebounds, maybe a three, three to five points a game. But I mean, it's something. And at least if you're getting the play for whatever, you know, the five, six minutes that Nick's putting them on, um, all of them, including Utah, that is good to see that they're actually giving us something. So yeah, that's uh, that's amazing to see. So I have, a, and, I have a quick thing here to yeah, add. Let's hear it. So um, we've seen Chris Boucher, you know, come off the bench. He's been a consistent bench player. Obviously, you know, three straight games of 20 more points. He's grabbing around 10 boards a game. Amazing. Amazing, Amazing. defensively. 2.5 blocks a game. Swatting everyone. Yeah, third in the league for blocks per game. But when you look at the numbers, you know, uh, like, for example, uh, last night, Aaron Bain starts. Aaron Bain's played four minutes. Chris Boucher comes off the bench and plays 31. The game before, Aaron Baines starts. Aaron Baines plays eight minutes. Chris Boucher comes off and plays 30. Why is Nick Nurse keeping Chris Boucher on the bench? Do you think, or do you think it's a, like, do you think it's bigger than? Because obviously Chris Boucher is showing he's a starting center in this league for the Raptors. You know what I mean? Uh, he's no one of their. Yeah. He's probably uh, aside from Kyle and Freddie, probably the third best player, the third option on that team, in my opinion. But why do you think he's keeping him off the bench? He's he's got to come off the bench, and you know, Cole, that's 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 how I feel. I agree with what Nick's doing, and it's because of that spark off the bench. Because when Boucher comes on, at least for the first time, he comes on with other bench players, and he also helps energize and spark them. I, if Alex Len or Aaron Baines, one of those guys who, again, unfortunately, are still struggling in these past five games, again, they haven't done much, like you were saying, not a lot of time to them. But if those are the guys that are coming off the bench to take off Boucher, we're going to be in trouble because literally no energy. Boucher is bringing back the old identity of the Raptors and helping them remember that coming off the bench, you know, hitting big threes. Boucher's hitting big threes. He's also adding in blocks. Before, we never had a crazy um shot blocker off the bench, but Boucher's solidifying himself as a perennial shot blocker in the league just out of nowhere. Like, you are not safe with that kid. Even on three-pointers right a lot of times you'll see the big man they get all their blocks in the paint and when Boucher got his six block game he had 15 six and six blocks you know he was all over the place if you were hitting a three and Boucher was running out at you there's no guarantee that you that that three sorry it was still gonna was not gonna get blocked 
losing my words here again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but literally, there was no guarantee that you weren't going to get that three off. He's coming running at you with that arm up. You better have a good arc on your shot or it's getting sent back. Boucher is all over the place. And having a mobile center like that is dangerous. But if he, I think for now, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, Boucher. Oh, my goodness. Nick Nurse is trying things out. Um, but it is tough to see, you know, does he start? But if he starts, will the bench start suffering? Um, you know, also sometimes the the starting lineup also tends to struggle a little bit. So, you know, if Boucher starts and maybe he plays well, but everyone else plays bad again, who's going to come off the it's bench kind to of help a poison type guy. And I feel it's like kind of uh, a pick poison, yeah. with, with Nick Nurse in the coaching staff, we've seen it before. Like we saw Freddie when Freddie used to come off the bench there when Danny Green was back in Toronto, right? And Freddie, yeah. Freddie was very obviously better than Danny Green. And I feel like Nick Nurse kind of has this mindset where it's not who starts the game, it's who finishes the game. So he maybe puts who he believes should be the best five on the court to start the game. And if you don't perform, he has no problem taking you out and playing Boucher 30 minutes. Exactly. He has yeah, no so- problem if Freddie or Kyle are playing well. He has no problem putting Norm on or Stanley Johnson on. So I, I will say I kind of respect that about Nick. Um, getting into Nick Nurse, though, um, has the Raptors' struggles been mostly the Raptors, or has the Raptors' struggles been mostly Nick Nurse? A, a little bit of both. If we go within the first week, again, going back to the first episode, the first week and a half, I think, of the season is how much we covered. It was the Raptors and Nick's fault. It was everybody's fault. Maybe even more the Raptors, because the team is, did not look like they wanted to play, like they were having fun. This five-game stretch, though, we, I think we can both agree it has been Nick's fault the late game coaching again they did win against the hornets by three twice so those were two late game situations where they did play well but again the hornets aren't as good as you know are not as good in late game situations as well they are also a young team so i feel that's why we were able to capitalize on that situation but i do definitely feel like you know nicks we're starting to see a little bit more of nicks flaws you know late game situations um the rotation seems to be getting a little bit better he has said you know not to you know um crap on his parade or anything like that but you know nick has been saying he's still testing out the lineup he doesn't know what he wants he has seemed to find to find he has found his sixth man of this season which is chris boucher so we have a solid six at least seven eight nine we're still not too sure that's why we're seeing a little bit of stanimal stanley johnson in there a little bit norman powell can he be consistent i mean he normally always comes off the bench but you know he's in there a little bit malachi and utah are getting a little bit of play terrence davis here and there one guy I would like to see more of is Matt Thomas. I was going to say our boy Matt Thomas, unfortunately, still has not seen the floor, which just doesn't make sense to me. But, I mean, we'll have to address that later. Uh, that that hurts my soul because he's such a good player and deserves to be out there, even though his defense isn't that good. But what can he do for his size, you know? But, um, yeah, no, Nick, uh, Nick definitely has to, you know, take some blame of what's happening. But, you know, they're starting to turn it around. They need to, I think, just change a little bit the way they play. Again, those rotations. Again, I still think Boucher should come off the bench. I like that. I mean, hey, it's working. Don't stop what's working, you know? That, that, that's Maybe fair. That's fair. Yeah, don't stop what's working. We'll, we'll bring in Boucher off. We'll starting Boucher, sorry, be better. It could be better. But right now, bringing Boucher off the bench is not harming the team. It's nothing doing nothing but good. So yeah. keeping that the same, I agree with. And he doesn't, with seem, he, doesn't yeah. seem, he doesn't seem too affected buy it you know some guys have know. a big issue like we heard Carmelo Anthony last year you know he had a big issue with coming off the bench at first right 
But Boucher doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be phased by it, and I respect that for him. And if you're Boucher, you're thinking, well, I'm already in the running for most improved player, along with you know Christian Wood and some other guys. Why not be in the running for six man of the year as well? Because that's why that's the way I'm looking at it. Honestly, he definitely could have won six man of the year uh, the way that he's playing right now. Um, and no, yeah, like. Boucher doesn't have a problem with it. He says he knows his role. I mean, Carmelo, I mean, that comparison is a little bit shaky. That's because Melo's been, you know, the guy his whole life yeah, in New sure, York and sure. Denver. But I, I do also understand that kind of like Melo like is old and he should have understood that like, hey, like you're getting up there in age. You're not where you used to be before. And you're coming to a team that already has two all-stars in CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. You know, sit this one out and sit on the bench. But, you know, it is what it is. It's Carmelo Anthony, such a great player in our league. Um, but no, yeah, Boucher definitely knows where he stands and he seems to be okay with it. And again, like I said before, it's working, you know, don't hurt what, uh, don't stop what's working. Don't hurt what's working. So no, no soundtrack um, here, not, you know, you brought up mellow, uh, um, yeah, for sure. A little birthday shout out. My my favorite player, Dwayne Wade, 39 yeah. today. Happy birthday, Dwayne Wade. His, uh, career highlights and reminiscing on the Dwayne Wade era in Miami there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no, no, all good. Such a great player, you know, um, teaming up there back then of LeBron and Boss, him and Boss before Ray Allen's just Miami Heat, just great area. But. Speaking of that big three, by the way, the the Bosch, LeBron, Wade big three. Yeah. We have up? a new big three. Uh, we do. We're we gonna do. segue into that a little bit now. We have James Harden is now part of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, a so that was a their trade blockbuster huge trade that happened uh just a couple days ago actually just crazy crazy what happened i'm gonna let you hit on this call yeah what what do you gotta say about that what do you gotta say about this whole trade and what went down so i have lots to say about this trade you know that (laughs) let's hear it let's hear it but uh so you know we saw i'm just gonna briefly for the people that don't know out there so um the brooklyn that's uh we're part of a three-team trade. Three-team trade? Three-team trade with the Houston Rockets yeah. and uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, uh, they ended up getting Karis LeVert out of that one. Um, the Houston Rockets ended up getting... Um, oh, it was a four-team trade, wasn't it? No, I think it was three-team. It was, was the Cleveland, Nets. Cleveland, Houston. Nets, Nets. Cleveland, Houston. Indiana. Oh, and the Pacers. You are right. It was a four-team trade. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah blockbuster. Indiana uh, yeah, stuck in there at the, the last the, second. The Pacers are getting Karis LeVert. Um, the the Brooklyn Nets grabbing James Harden. Uh, we saw Cleveland. They got uh, Jarrett Allen and Tareen Prince. Very surprising that they gave up both of those guys. Yep. And then uh, Houston getting Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and uh, a bunch of drafts picks. So who do you think is the winner of that trade? I mm, Okay, at first, I'll say my initial thought was the Pacers now I'm gonna say why I think it was the Pacers because they're already a solid team with Sabonis just balling out there he's on my fantasy team I love them on Sabonis such a quality player um and this had a solid Malcolm Brogdon sorry Miles Turner a solid thing going kind of like growing together as a team and they could be a threat in the east in the future so stay tuned for that that's a hot take for you guys right there but uh you know adding a young player like Karis LeVert getting rid of Victor Oladipo Oladipo, I love the guy. You know, he's been streaky, but you know he's getting up there in age two. Adding a young Karis, Karis LeVert, sorry, just seemed beautiful. A guy who's literally been able to drop 30 to 40 points on literally any night yeah. at will. Such a great shooting guard. I just want to quickly address, though, you know, we just hope that, you know, Karis LeVert's doing okay. You know, he's in our prayers, hoping that he's doing fine after 
um what happened to him so when the trade actually went through every player has to go through a physical before they can be a- approved Karis River went through his physical and he found a small mass on his kidney um so you know he's getting a little bit of treatment looking into that uh, don't know serious. exactly we have no idea if it's cancerous or anything like that but you know just hoping that he's going to be okay so he's going to be sitting out for a little bit so at the moment it's like mm, did the Pacers really win I think in the long term Yes, because I think it's just going to be with their franchise if Levert and they can keep that core group of new guys there. Brogdon, Young, Turner, Young. Sub- oh my gosh. Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, Levert. All young guys. All haven't even entered their prime yet, I would say. Just beautiful. Good to see. But, They're going to definitely be a contender in the future. I can see that. So, I don't know. I really like that, and that's why I feel like they could win. But if we're saying right now, right now, okay. Now, first of all, going into Brooklyn, you know, everyone's saying chemistry issues and all this. I think that might still happen with, you know, we don't know what's going on with Kyrie. He's out. Like, no one knows what's going on with him. But on for the paper, first game. The Brooklyn Nets look like they could be an NBA champion. And yeah, after definitely. watching that first game, like you're about to yeah. say there, 30-point triple-double and 42 from Kevin Durant. That's I don't see any, t- I, you know, mine, they were playing Orlando Ma- the Orlando Magic. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see any team really matching those two offensively. You know, defensively, they might have some struggling rebounding the ball. They might have some depth struggles. But if everyone stays healthy there and Kyrie Irving comes back and starts playing Kyrie Irving basketball like he was before all this shenanigans happened, I I see Brooklyn kind of unparalleled in the the Eastern Conference. No, I agree with that. So I could see how, like, technically, like, based on like on paper and star pop power the brooklyn nets did win because they now have a new big three um so do team me it's a toss-up between the brooklyn nets and the pacers uh i mean oh i'm gonna forget about houston though houston, houston got a decent amount of uh of turnout from that trade as well uh, no, nothing crazy though, i would say a deep Debo's a solid player there also and they got kuruks and uh and Exum as well. Role players. I mean, he's now officially in the rebuild, but yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm know. gonna say a hot take, the winners of that trade, that we won't we won't we won't see these guys are the winners of the trade until a few more weeks. Just give it some time. But the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you look at how the Cleveland Cavaliers are built right now, they have a very solid future. You like young guys, and that's why you're saying the Pacers. But the mix of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, that is a very strong backcourt. And then if you look at their front court, they got, you know, uh, Isaac Okoro, the, the rookie there, in the, yep. at the small forward. Now these guys have Jarrett Allen, Tareen Prince, Andre Drummond, and Larry Nance Jr., not to mention Kevin Love. So in my opinion, I can see now you have four centers. They also have Javadal McGee, so that's five. Yep. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers, this wasn't a trade to get assets to keep, but more so a trade to get assets to find more assets. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like they, yeah, the, they acquired Jared Allen and Tareen Prince, and now they're going to have to, you know, see who do they want to keep. Do you want to keep Jared Allen? Do you want to keep Andre Drummond? You know, they've obviously been vocal with the fact that Andre Drummond is not untouchable at this point, and they're openly shopping him. So I see the Cleveland Cavaliers making some moves in the very near future that could lead to them being even more young and deep maybe they make a move to get another veteran guy who knows but i think one big uh big buyer for the cleveland cavaliers for andre drummond could be the toronto raptors yeah no i couldn't agree more of what you just said there uh, <laughs> i mean maybe not more on the part of cleveland winning that trade i, I kind of see where you're going with there 
uh going with that sorry he he oh my gosh i'm so sorry guys i'm a little bit a little bit out of it today but uh the cleveland cavaliers they yeah they could definitely use the assets they used to build for a future just everyone's still kind of young so it's kind of like i think it's further away than what the pacers are at but moving assets again they now have a lot more pieces that can just be traded around and they can honestly use everyone including with draft picks to build the team that they want for the future. So they've set themselves up decently. Um, so again, in a couple of years, you never know again with Sexton and Garland there, if they lock in after their rookie contracts, yeah, um, it could be, it could be scary, but again, yeah, with uh, the tradable pieces there, Andre Drummond, possible pickup for the Raptors. They have multiple centers. Now they have a young Jared Allen Drummond, you know, even though he gets big stats, sometimes they're empty. He did have a big 33 and 23 game the other day. He did go crazy there, so he did help Cleveland win. But again, Cleveland's not really in a position to make the playoffs, I feel like. So they're not going to be like, it's it's that bad if we I, trade I him feel, plus I to get a little like, bit more for him. You know, a lot of people do say that about Andre Drummond, they're empty stats. He's just a rebounder. He has offensive struggles, things like that. But I feel like in the way that Nick Nurse is playing, you know, we were just talking about that Alex Len and uh, – Aaron Baines situation, how they start and don't finish or play very much. I yeah. feel like that might be a good opportunity for uh, Andre Drummond. You know, the Raptors are in desperate mm-hmm. need of a center who can rebound the ball. And if we add someone like Andre Drummond, I think it gives the Raptors a lot of opportunities to utilize different lineups. I think you would see sometimes where, you know, they might have a very big lineup where Pascal is playing the three, they have Boucher and Drummond then, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And they could also go super small. And when Drummond, you know, he's he's had a track record of having, you know, nights where he struggles a lot. So that's where you put Boucher back in and you're not scared to play the guy 35 minutes. Yep, that's true. That's true. Yeah, those are definitely two good options. And yeah, along with like potentially getting Drummond, you know, you never know. But definitely something that hopefully the Raptors organization looks into with all those centers in Cleveland. Definitely a, a strong option. Definitely, I'm going to say, if the Raptors do look to want to buy from Cleveland, the only two centers they should look at is either paying a little bit more for Allen or whoever ends up being more, um, Allen or Drummond, but either paying a little bit more for one of those two. I say either Drummond or Allen, but I'm not really a big fan of, you know, bringing in Larry Nance. Solid guy, solid guy also. Gets a lot of steals, but not necessarily what we're looking for. And then JaVale McGee getting up there in age again, not necessarily going to give us what we're looking for at his age. So, Drummond or Allen, two really solid guys that would fit in with this team, I would believe, at least to do what we need to do. We did all think that Aaron Baines would fit in with this team, and he's just been struggling. Can't even get that many boards, which kind of sucks. But, you know, Nick Nurse is still having faith in him and trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. We, he is a good player. Baines is no by, by no means, sorry, a bad player, but he's just trying to work his way up. You know, being comfortable. He just doesn't look like himself out there, which sucks. But, you know, hopefully he gets there and Boucher can rub off on him and the other guys, just everyone getting better. Because as a team, you know, hopefully as the Raptors, hopefully, like I said, they're finding their identity as they're starting to shift the tide, turn the tables. Everybody starts to get back to playing the basketball that we know and love as a team. Hopefully just everybody together can be them be their old selves which would be awesome to see speaking of uh you know we were talking about there the drummond and the raptors openly shopping find someone the raptors direction at this point you know as much as we're saying they're finding their identity right now as a unit their direction is kind of unclear i think we touched on that a little bit in the last episode yeah but um i've heard some rumors some rumblings about you know kyle lowry and um i was just wondering you know personally i think that 
I think that either way, we're the Raptors will be good because if we keep Kyle Lowry, you know, he's obviously a very, in my opinion, a top five point guard in the Eastern Conference. Hundred percent, All Star point guard right there. Yeah, he's up but, there in the whole league. Underrated. Yeah, underrated. very underrated. But do you think that? If the Raptors are choosing or thinking that they want to part ways with Lowry, we should let him go in free agency or, you know, send him off on kind of a good note saying, you know, Kyle, you gave so much to the Raptors. You'll forever be remembered. You know, obviously, we'll probably see his number up there in the Raptors, maybe a statue of some sort at some point, you know, him taking a charge or something. But do you (laughs) think we should send him to a contender or something and try to get something out of it that way? To be honest, so we we did touch upon this in the last episode, and I know you bring this point up again. I do feel like, and I and I heard this, and I agree with uh, what I heard. I think it was from Yahoo Sports. I was listening to, uh, um, I was reading one of their articles, but we need to let Kyle do what he wants to do. Um, I feel like when it comes to Kyle Lowry, we shouldn't go and ship him off to, you know, I know it would suck if we can't get the best deal. No matter what, get the best deal for us, but let Kyle decide what he wants to do. If Kyle says, I want to go to a contender, all right, we go to a contender, we get Kyle a contender and try to get the best deal we can for that. Kyle wants to stay, great. You let Kyle stay, let him do what he wants. He's given everything to this organization, not for us to just choose to ship him out. I know Masai did DeRozan dirty back in the day, and I mean, he could do Kyle dirty if he really wanted to, but I really don't think he should. I really think that Kyle deserves to be respected and to get to make that decision himself. He has carry this team on his back his shoulders this man's getting old he's not getting any younger and he's still playing like fine wine out there so you know i can't i can't just let him go you know i i got i got to make sure that he gets to decide what he wants to do yeah yeah, respectfully respectfully yeah definitely all right yeah that's 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 where i'm at too in my head i i love kyle larry to death you know um he kind of got me into the Raptors wave. I used to, when I first started watching, that was back when Jose Calderon and uh, those guys were there. The Raptors kind of in their dark days. Oh, yeah. But Kyle really, just his energy, his passion, him and DeRozan, just, it was so fun to watch ever since the Brooklyn Nets series way back when. Oh, my gosh. Years, to, you know, finally seeing all his struggles with DeRozan and the, against LeBron to finally seeing him win that chip with uh, Kawhi and those guys. It just warms my heart and, I wish all the best to Kyle Lowry. You know, whatever ends up happening with him, if he stays, if he goes, but yeah, man, he's a Raptor forever. He's a Raptor forever, just like DeRozan. But I mean, Kyle right now is definitely the greatest Raptor of all time. You cannot say it's anybody else. And you know, yeah, definitely, he deserves. He deserves the best. He deserves the best for him. All right. So yeah, yeah. you wanna? I know we we mentioned something about we were going to talk about maybe uh, some of the COVID stuff and the. Yeah, yeah. So you know, along with everything that's going on, you know, it's a little getting a little bit shaky. You know, the water's getting a little bit shaky in the NBA. There's a lot of uh, COVID cases starting to surge again. That's happening, and it's starting to hurting my fantasy team. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, it's hurting mine too. (laughs) It's hurting everybody's fantasy team. It's hurting the league. There's a lot of games getting suspended because there's COVID contract tracing. So there's a few players getting COVID, but not everybody is actually like getting it but then if you are in close contact exactly then you can't play so a bunch of teams just haven't had enough active players to play there's been i think over five to six games that have already been postponed yeah another another game got postponed tonight it's just happening back and forth back and forth and it's not getting to the point like uh uh-oh like is this gonna work so the league's gonna have to talk about this and hopefully things get better and maybe they have to 
again, I know uh, you told me, Cole, that, you know, you feel like the league should enforce a little bit more harder on the rules to the guys that are breaking the rules. Yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. Fines. I was just gonna say we need to slap some big fines. Like, yeah, one guy who's really been getting under my skin. We briefly mentioned it is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, if you're not yeah. gonna take, I, I know everyone's heard Stephen A. and Kyrie Irving should retire. I don't think he should retire, but I do agree where where he's coming. It's it's angering. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that some of these players are getting paid millions and millions of dollars, thirty, twenty million dollars a year, and they're not taking it seriously. It's it's selfish in a way, you know, it's selfish to the fans that need basketball in their life to watch. It's selfish to, you know, even their teammates, some of their teammates are still trying to make it in this league and only on, you know, 500,000 a year contracts or 10 day contracts. You know what I mean? So I just feel like he's hurting and those players are hurting everyone and they need to, the NBA needs to get a hold of things so that things don't get out of hand and we don't see the rest of the season, uh, postponed. No, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie, you know, great player, fantastic. But again, a little bit more of those off-court problems. You know, he was caught. I think I mentioned it. The, I don't know if I mentioned it the last episode. I might have because it was rumors. I think he was already out in the last episode, but I can't remember, guys. I'm sorry. But uh, from what I do remember, though, again, Kyrie was caught um, red-handed. Um, he was at a friend's birthday party without a mask on, so he's going to serve a, a COVID quarantine already when he gets back. On top of that, for all the games he's missed, he's going to be fined. Um, but, like, like if you don't want to play, like, you just got to, like, let your organization know. Kyrie was being kind of a little bit selfish um, about that. Um, he didn't let the Brooklyn Nets know where he was going, and he didn't tell them when he was going to come back. And I feel like no matter how good of a player you are, if you think you're the superstar of that franchise, you need to let your franchise know. I mean, that's, again, like you were saying, unfair to his teammates. If there's players that are trying to you know, make it in trying the league. to make it in the league, make it on that Brooklyn Nets team. Some of the guys who are getting the brand new, brand new head coach, Steve Nash, Canadian yeah. Steve Nash. Like, like, how does that look on him where he goes to a press conference and they ask, where's Kyrie? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I have literally, no clue. That's literally all you can say. I don't know, but you know, we'll see him when he gets back. Um, so, you know, this Harden trade probably did save the Nets right now because the Nets again, aren't even doing that well. They're six and six, or I think seven and six now. Um, which everyone would probably think, all oh, the Nets were going to have like the best record in the league, but they're like sitting like at the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now as well. They are in playoff contention. Again, it's super early, but you know, again, Kyrie not being there does hurt the team. Unpopular opinion: the Brooklyn Nets made the James Harden trade because they plan on moving Kyrie Irving. That's my unpopular opinion mm. for the day. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive into that too much, but I can say I, I do say that that's oh, definitely yeah, just- something potential. I'm just saying that, you know, let that resonate with you guys. Maybe we'll mention that in, uh, in future podcasts. Yeah, but, uh, yeah just know, just know. Food for thought for everyone. Think you know, with that, with that Harden trade, uh, Kyrie's a little bit more expendable now. So, yeah, definitely, definitely something that uh, can be touched on later. But, yeah, uh, the NBA as a whole is pretty much struggling with COVID. I don't – I think – I think as we see, you know, vaccines come out and stuff and maybe some of the players are actually realizing how scary it is. Like, you know, players like Carl Anthony Towns obviously know the effects with his mother dying and a few of his family members dying of it, right? But um, I mean, he caught COVID himself. I feel bad for the kid. I, I feel really bad for him. I but, you know, some, some players are taking it really seriously, and I respect that. You know, like, Carl Anthony Towns posted a big thing on Instagram and Twitter saying, like, he's been following the rules. He caught COVID. He doesn't really know where he caught it from. 
but he he instantly let everyone know for contract tracing. He's isolating. He's following all protocols. And I think like that's a good example to set. You know, people have called Carl Anthony Towns like um, kind of childish and stuff, and he doesn't take the game serious. But I'm really glad to see that he's he's taking COVID seriously, and hopefully it you know affects on the whole NBA. You know. Because if these yeah. guys stay safe, it sets a really good example for the rest of the world. And definitely at a point in the world right now that we're in, a lot of people need basketball. I know I do. And um, oh yeah, definitely. And them setting good examples is really good. So I think Adam Silver is going to try to do his best. The players are going to try to do them best, their best. Sorry. And uh, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. So um, you know, getting this little quick little timbits I got here. Um, Timbits or munchkins or donut holes, whatever you like to call them, but Timbits here over here in Canada. Uh, again, our star player of the week, that's what I'm going to say, Chris Boucher. Uh, he averaged 16 points right now. He's averaging 6.8 rebounds, shooting 47. Oh, sorry, seven rebounds a game. He is shooting 65% from the field right now and 47% from three, which is ridiculous, and 2.5 blocks a game. He's third in the league in blocks per game. Yeah crazy so that's awesome for chris and i also like to say happy birthday you also wish Wayne wade earlier happy birthday but it was earlier this week chris boucher's 28th birthday so he's getting older as well but you know he also hasn't been in the league that long uh four-year college prospect but just in general you know i'd say he's in a prime right he's in his prime right now so he's doing awesome. he's it. yeah he's starting it off yeah so you know happy birthday to chris boucher um but yeah great turn off from chris boucher again the raptors a decent five-game stretch again things are starting to look better and that's what matters the most we are winning games we have the dallas mavericks tomorrow monday january the 18th back-to-back heat games wednesday and friday heat games things are starting to get a little bit testy gonna be some harder games but hopefully this is making them you know be better and they are playing better yeah so uh you know next time we talk to you guys we'll probably be after these games um Go Raptors. Let's hope they can take on Luka Magic and, uh, you know, extinguish the heat a little bit there. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I can't agree with you more. Uh, so, hey, guys, just thank you for watching the episode today. If you made it all the way through, we are happy to have you. Uh, again, if you're watching on YouTube for the very first time, thank you and welcome to the podcast. Um, if you are watching at the end on YouTube right here, I'd just like to say that. I should have said this at the beginning. Oh, man, I'm saying this at the end now. But, so... This is episode two of our podcast. So if you're wondering where episode one is, you're going to have to look on a different platform until I might get it up there. Episode one was, you know, a little bit of a pilot. Um, still figuring things out with our YouTube channel. So episode two is now out here. Um, so that's why you're seeing this one first and you're not seeing episode one. But again, you know, subscribe, comment. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about, just say it in the comments. Um, any ideas, any hot takes, anything you agree with, anything you disagree with, you know, we all want to keep it, you know, keep it PG, keep it happy. But you have criticism, you know, about the Raptors or, you know, different ideas, you know, feel free to talk about it. We love to debate. We love to talk about it. You know, keep it simple, keep it civilized. But we definitely want to have that. One more quick thing. You know, we're, uh, we currently have our Instagram page, uh, the Raptors Legion podcast. Feel free to follow us on there. Share that with your friends. Uh, we're going to start posting a little bit on that. 
uh, we don't have a Twitter quite yet, but uh, we're going to try to get that up and running soon as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely make sure to follow the Instagram. We're going to try to keep you updated when episodes come out on YouTube and on all of our platforms. And yeah, just, you know, stay updated. Again, follow whether on Spotify, all the different platforms. Feel free to leave messages on our website, leave comments in the comment description on whatever platform you're listening to. We will try to look around and see what's going on, uh, addressing some of the comments. Uh, but yeah, Steve, happy stuff, good stuff. Thank good, you all. Things to talk about. And yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys, and we will see you next time. All right, everybody take care. Mm-hmm.